Hello everyone and welcome to the episode number 61 of Competitive Magic with the Carnies. I am Javier Dominguez and today I'm joined by, by Anthony Lee from Australia. Hola. And that's it. Mengu is not here. I've heard rumors that he is around New York on holidays, but you never know. Uh, it's not actually on holidays. It's actually a study trip. He's gone there to find out how to appreciate actually good pizza. I think he's going to learn a lot about good food when he's in New York and wish him the very best. Hopefully he comes back with good news and an improved palate. Mm, I don't know about that, Anthony. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure you're aware, but I think pizza comes from Italy. Yeah, it, pizza comes from Italy, but it was improved in the United States, you know? It's like how sometimes uh, somebody builds the first version of a deck and it's pretty rough, you know, but other people come and they make the deck a lot better. It's just like that. Exactly like that. So that is the superior version of pizza? Yes. And Mangu's, Mangu has traveled to New York to learn more about it. All right, all right. Let's see what he tells us when he comes back. Um, anyway, I mean, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. But first, uh, what happened your, in your week? What did you do in Magic Related last weekend? Oh, uh, mostly losing a lot. Um, and also <laughs> testing that became invalidated because I didn't foresee what was going to happen yesterday. So, mm, yeah, that's about it for me. Yeah, but just for the record, we are recording this one day after the bannings, so we we have we had some time, a little bit, some time to to think about it. And yeah, I played some challenges, but similar to Anthony, I did, did simply lose a lot. I think I made one top thirty-two. I played three or four challenges, didn't go very well. I played different formats like Modern Pioneer. I think I played Legacy also, but you know that's magic as well and. And I was just probably clicking buttons a little bit, if you know what I mean. Mm. Sometimes you're playing not very focused, unfortunately. But but yeah, I mean, yesterday there was this wizard's announcement of the bannings. Uh, so what do you, what are what are your thoughts? Let's talk first about what happened, right? Because some yeah. listeners might not be aware. Yeah. So first thing is standard no changes. Uh, of course, that's fine. Standard, the best format. Blah blah blah. Uh, <laughs> Pioneer. Uh, so first, let's talk about Karn, the great creator, is banned. The geological appraiser is banned, and Smuggle Sculptor is unbanned. Mm. What do you think? Uh, they're certainly interesting. <laughs> they, well, they're also the, each each one is quite an interesting point unto itself, isn't it? Um, the geological appraiser thing was something of a foregone conclusion, although the deck wasn't doing very well, to be fair but I understand that the reason they banned it is because they didn't like the play pattern. Um, and it's quite similar with Khan, the great creator as well, right? Because that deck has not been doing well for quite a while now. And they did also say they were banning it because they didn't like how it played. And the Copter unban is, again, something else entirely, isn't it? Um, but I think we'll get, we'll get into that soon. But overall, I think they're interesting, and that's kind of what Pioneer needed right now. Uh, the first... The, the, the bans are not very consequential so you know they don't really achieve that so uh, I think the unban reflects a desire to shake up Pioneer when a lot of people had felt that it was uh, becoming stale after not having changed for quite some time yeah I mean those changes are definitely gonna change like they're gonna at least make the format look different 
I am very happy they banned Karn. Uh, for those who have been listening to Karnis for a long time, I'm pretty sure I have mentioned I would like to see Karn go at least five times since the exception of the podcast. So I am happy it's finally there. It's just a matter of like play pattern. Again, I don't think monitoring was like too good for the format, but I felt like the, the play patterns it had was like was like just very medium or not very fun. Even though having monitoring in my deck binder for the magical line preliminaries was useful. I think it's gonna be better now. And the appraiser, mm-hmm. yeah, what Anthony said, right? Like, you know, just turn three kills are just too much. Th- one card, turn three kills are just too much for the format, even though yeah. It was not doing well. I saw like some tweet about like, wow, is this gonna be like the worst deck to get banned in the recent <laughs> history of magic? And the answer is probably yeah, right? Like it's actually not a good deck, is it? Like it's getting yeah. banned, but it was not doing any like I don't know if it has like any one top thirty two challenge or something like this. Like just not good, but you know, it's also a deck that's not going to get any worse, and it could be yeah, well, it could better. But... Yeah, I, th- I think it, it. Well, I don't know if it's the worst deck to ever get banned, or at least in recent history, it probably is. I think it's a very strong contender, but it's certainly the worst deck to get banned so quickly, right? Like the speed at which it was banned was incredible. Like this is how fast like Omnath was banned in Standard, for example, if I recall correctly, right? Like they banned it faster than Oko. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's definitely like if you we made this graphic between brokenness of a deck and time it took to get banned, this might actually be the top of the top, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not and even that. like we're not even, it's not even like black red scam in modern where you know we didn't fully agree on whether the deck was broken or not, but at least we admitted it was good, right? Like, yeah, the common consensus is not even that the deck is good. So it's, uh, it's surprising, but you know, I don't mind that they took it out so quickly. Given that if it was good, it would be pretty miserable, and if it's not good, then we're not really uh, depriving people of much by getting rid of it quickly, right? Before people have time to uh, become yeah. attached to the deck. So, sure, absolutely. I also think it's a good. I mean, these bannings give me like a good feeling of what they're doing with constructive formats. Like hmm. this is a card they're banning because it's just like Pioneer is not supposed to be about turn three kills on the play with one card, right? So they're sure. banning it, even though like the deck is not good enough or whatever, because it's like miserable sometimes. And that's good, you know, and they're also experimenting with Copter, which might or not be too good, but it's definitely like a, the opposite direction of what Karn and Appraiser are doing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's good, you know? I think it gives me some hope for Pioneer. Yeah, I, th- which, I think yeah. the Copter ban is pretty safe, honestly, because if it's too good, they can just reban it without really ruining anything. Like... It's not really the linchpin of any one particular strategy, right? Like, it just makes some decks better. Uh, but doesn't really make many decks, like, worse significantly. Like, they'll be worse relatively, of course, because, I mean, that's just how... It's just the zero-sum nature of a competitive game. But it's not really... It's very hard to envision this card being oppressive, right? Like, it would just make some decks strong. And maybe it would... Maybe if it's everywhere, or if it makes something in particular too much stronger, then it's a problem. But it's not really a make-or-break card, I imagine. And that makes it like safe to unban with the expectation that if it is too good, they can just reban it, and no one will be too horribly put out by that. I imagine, um, you know, and it's a fun card. It's actually just a fun card, I think. So it's uh, it's pretty good unban, maybe. Like I think it's a little bit risky, but also not really. Like it's risky in that it might break the format, but it's also easily fixable. 
Um, yeah, it's not looking like it's gonna break break the format, but yeah, it's also like a fair card. Like, yeah, if the best decks are copter decks and they're fair decks or whatever, you know, it's not as bad as people turn turn three killing people with one card. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll talk about Pioneer later. Uh, so also Explorer by extension has Karn and Geological Pressure banned. Oh sure. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it's here in the bad list. You know, have to mention it. Uh, okay. Then we go to Modern. So Modern also got some shake. Uh, Fury is banned, and Up the Beanstalk is banned. Which you know, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't really know if, I don't really know if the bans were necessary. I think we covered that before. I don't know if these bans will be beneficial for the format either. I'm a little skeptical of that. Um. Yeah, like I don't really see why why banning Fury is good, you know. Like, I I don't know if it opens up more decks in the format because I think those the decks that are weak to Fury are kind of still uh pushed out by other cards in modern. There are just so many effects hostile to small creatures, and I just don't get the Beanstalk ban at all. <laughs> I think that that deck was mostly good contingent on being good against the scam deck which will stop existing once they ban fury or grief uh so i think maybe they could have banned grief instead um but i don't know i mean i guess i don't really know if fury serves an important role in in balancing things either but i suppose i would like to always trend towards the answer being kept like the hmm i guess grief is also kind of an answer uh but somehow that feels more because grief is uh, more agnostic, like it doesn't affect decks, uh, specific decks as strongly. It's not as much of a check. I can see the argument that fury is too much of a check, but it's not really the case if there's um, if it's more of a dedicated answer, which removing either ele- evoke elemental does. Because if you don't have access to all eight, then you can't really justify playing the undying effects, which makes them into threats as well, or effective threats, I should say, since they're always somewhat threats. I don't know. What do you think about the Fury versus Grief thing? Hmm. I mean, I, f- I said here last week, I just think Grief was the best card to to ban just because like it's the one that turn one to kill people and Fury doesn't. And I actually think Fury is not exactly that good at keeping decks in check because, I mean, it's obviously good, but it was as good as it was because you can scam it. Like the Fury out of... Four colors is not as good, for example. You know, it's like more like a good answer. That's it. And yeah, I mean, I'm surprised. I think this is still going to get rid of a scam on that regard, at least the deck as we know it now. But I think, I mean, grief plus scam cards are going to be around even if the deck is built somewhat differently. So I'm not sure. Really? Um, yeah. I think grief, I think grief plus ephemerate is playable, right? Grief plus undying evil and solitude maybe i don't know like when that deck ex- the- when that, i mean that deck existed before and it was like, the deck was just horrible like it was really not a functional deck yeah but it could become functional like i mean the first iteration the first iterations of scam was were also not that very you know good looking or functional looking if you remember yeah but it eventually got built and i think there might be a deck there that still uses grief to just turn one kill people with ephemerate and if that was, I mean, if that ephemerate's was probably yeah. even better if that's true, that's kind of miserable. <laughs> yeah, I think 
I don't know. I think Grief is still like a little bit too good. I mean, it's one of the best blood cards ever, or whatever, right? For modern and yep, we'll see. Um, but at least Fury is gonna shake the the meta game a lot because it's gonna take out the scam, which was I, I think most of the meta game in modern were you know like the modern was modern was constructed around the scam. I think it was the center of the format. So now we're gonna see a new modern new landscape uh, that we will talk about a little bit like after some minutes. But I wanna ask you what do you think about the optimistic ban yeah it's just strange i mean i it's very strange because i thought that deck wasn't particularly good um like the results aren't really there and uh i I felt that banning fury already hurt that deck in multiple ways right because it loses the black red deck that it preys on i don't think if uh the black red deck is around that there's very much reason to play these four color decks because they match up so poorly against a lot of the metagame especially the metagame that gets better with the absence of black red like your good matchups are being replaced by bad ones i think uh and yeah i mean i don't know it just doesn't seem to be at the power level that i would expect like drawing cards is usually like the, the bar is very high for drawing cards to be good in modern right like you have to have very powerful effects like up the beanstalk and the one ring for that strategy to be effective in such a proactive format. So, mm, yeah, I mean, it's a weird ban, but okay. I guess it's, it's also like... weird. Yeah, like Fury. I mean, Fury is a critical part of the Abdominstock deck, isn't it? Yeah. Like if you don't play Fury, Abdominstock becomes much worse, doesn't it? Yeah. Which so is it's like really strange. Like, <laughs> all right, I have a theory. I have a theory, Anthony. Yeah. Uh, my theory is. Uh, even though they didn't say it in the article, that mm-hmm. this deck, the Beanstalk deck, actually presents some clock issues the same way the Jordan one did. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's so the bar, the, the bar to ban it, it's like, if this deck is playable, the format becomes way worse to play as experience. So mm. this deck being playable actually is a reason to ban it. Okay. And I think that's maybe Yeah, it actually... does have clock issues. It's true that the bean, especially the Beanstalk player is kind of horrible. Well, they um, just cannot end in time. It's like yeah. impossible. Okay. Well, that would be that's a reasonable argument for it. Like, if it's not related to power level, then sure, I can buy that in particular. Because that is true. And it only takes, like, one beanstalk mirror to hold up the entire tournament. So, mm, exactly. Right. But yeah, I mean, they don't mention it in the article. So right. I don't know if there, there's, like, you know, if they could have, like, other factors that they did not mention in the article. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like... I think that's a reason I could get behind because I agree. Like, this is, like, sure. miserable to play against in the tournament if you're playing like a slow deck or whatever because it's very hard to end on time. And, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind that too much then because, I mean, the fact that it, I also don't think it's very powerful means that I also don't think it's a... Like, it, it's like I don't think it's likely to affect the balance of the metagame very much in a negative way by removing it. Like, it just wouldn't be that impactful if I don't think it's ultimately very good. But if it does have logistical concerns, then sure, get rid of it. That's that's a perfectly valid reason to get rid of it, and especially if it doesn't have uh, other other for, other very foreseeable consequences. Like I was concerned that maybe banning Fury might uh, have some problem associated with it uh, because Fury is a check to specific decks, but that's not really true for Up the Beanstalk. So okay, why not? Yeah, I will toss a new card a little bit. Like that's probably like makes it easier to ban, I guess. Does it? The same way you said with appraiser. Oh, I suppose yeah, because sure, but... people don't don't want they don't 
Yeah, I guess they don't want people to get too attached to them or whatever. I, I guess, sure. Maybe I'm not sure. Makes sense. I mean, we, there there've been some cards that got an extraordinarily long pass because of inertia, right? Stuff like Mox Opal was just you know overstayed its welcome for years in modern yeah. because of that. So yeah, I guess they would like to avoid that kind of situation as well. Makes sense. I think so. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that's for modern. Then legacy and vintage, no changes. Ursa Saga goes through another ban announcement without getting restricted in vintage somehow. Nice. Um, yeah. And Pauper Monastery Swift Spear is banned. Okay. I have no idea about this being a good ban or not. Uh assume <laughs> you also don't do not have a strong input. Well, no, obviously neither of us know anything about Pauper. It's not really <laughs> Uh, I've heard here and there, but you know, yeah, but it's, it's not it's not something that we actively pay attention to because it just isn't really within the realm of competitive magic as we see it, which is really focused on uh, the top level circuits run by Wizards of the Coast. Like, honestly, I think Pauper is mostly only big in Italy, right? Like, it sees other people play it, of course, but it's like massive in Italy and then maybe popular in areas here and there across the world, but it's not really like you know, it's not like a pro tour format or anything, so we don't think about it very much um well for me it's like there's three months per, of pauper per year when it's on the mox format so yeah. it's like i'll play pauper for three months and then don't play it for the next nine months and i have i think next season will be pauper time again oh nice okay. but yeah i, I, I mean i think, remember this carving obviously super good because it kills people fast i never thought it was too good but whatever you know but you it's know the, the, yeah. the explanations for the pauper bands are always really really good right the, the pauper format panel always puts out uh, an ex- uh, an exceptional explanation, as far as I'm aware. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't follow Popper at all, but I have uh, looked over some of those uh, rationales before, and they were very impressive. They really, they clearly think out um, what they're doing, and uh, they have their finger on the pulse of the format. So, you know, just in the dark, I'm willing to pretty much trust whatever they're whatever they're doing with the format. So, hopefully, that's good, and uh, I, I'm sure that when Nengu comes back from his uh education is is culinary education he will uh he'll have some sort of opinion on that probably uh but we'll leave that to him all right uh yeah so that's that's for the bands so now now we're gonna talk about what the actual formats are gonna look like a little bit shall we yeah sure all right let's start with modern because i mean it's it's one of the biggest ones it's one of the anthony's favorite formats as well it's a format uh it's <laughs> um, well. This is a this week. This weekend, there's gonna be a huge tournament in Barcelona. One of these like uh, qualifiers, mm-hmm. the sort of GPs. Where I'm actually gonna be com- doing commentary uh, oh. for first time in one of these events. Yeah. So you know, if you want to check it out, I'm gonna be there. Uh, but it's also like the one of the, going to be the first big tournament with a new modern um, format. So well, I'm gonna ask the question just straight now. What would you play if you had this kind of tournament this weekend, Anthony? Like, what do you think the, the format is going to look like, and you know, how would you? Um, you that's it? interesting. So, I guess the first step is to look at the big winners of the ban, right? So, what were the decks that Black Red probably kept the most in check? I would say decks like York Moth and Tron. I suppose those those like uh, top tier decks that jump out as ones that have been held back somewhat by Black Red. And then you also have to think about the decks that mostly existed because they were good against Black Red. So decks like Hammer or Four Color are a lot less uh, appealing because I think a good part of the reason to play them 
was that they were good against um, Black Red. So I guess I would avoid those. Um, and that obviously has some second order effects, right? Because I think the decks that were good against Black Red and now lose that prey also tended to be the ones that are uh, good against Tron. So I think I would play Tron or maybe I would play Yogmoth. But like, I, I, if I was someone in the position who had had to decide, uh, had to decide now what to play, or very soon to decide what to play, I guess I wouldn't recommend Yogmoth because it's really hard. Like that deck is something else, you know, in terms of difficulty. It has multiple layers and uh, uh, different different types of difficulty represented in it. So, I guess if I had like a lot of time, I would start looking at a Yogmoth, I guess. But otherwise, I would probably play Tron. I haven't thought too much about this. I don't know. What about you? Well, it's. I think it's a tricky situation, and I think it's a, a good exercise to do because this is a spot where we have like one week to choose a deck or two. It's actually not that rare in tournaments, mm-hmm. and it's one of the best ways to get edge. I think of course. actually when the format is like becomes like kind of new. Um, well, I think for me, it really depends on how confident I feel within different archetypes because. The, the issue with modern is some of these decks are actually very hard to pick up. Like, I don't think they are. I don't think Yamoth or Amulet are that hard once you know the deck well. But I think they are hard to play if you never played them before. Yeah, which is not this something that happens with a deck like you know Hammer or whatever. Which what I felt like the difficulties are more like it's the games are dif- difficult, but they're not gonna get easy even if you play the deck a lot. But whenever if you play Amulet and you play like two hundred games, then most of the games are actually easy, you know. And I think I might actually consider playing Amulet Titan if I had to play myself. Uh, but I will have to think more. Also, I will also play a fair deck like I will also consider play a fair deck like uh, Blue Red Mortite, for example. Uh, mm. And I will probably not play. F- Crashing Footfalls or Living End. I think the Cascade decks are not as good when they are in the spotlight. And I think they are in the spotlight now, right? Yeah, Rhino's, super... Rhino's Losing Fury actually is a problem. Like, it actually hurts that deck as well. Um, that was like kind of a valuable sideboard card for that deck, I feel. Hmm. It also loses the Prey, it. yeah. Yeah, yeah the issue with Amulet is you have to be able to play Amulet. Which yeah, that's the it, problem. It, it, like, yeah, I feel that I feel that way about Yogmoth and Amulet as well. Like, I don't know. I couldn't. Re- I mean, you said it was this weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just ca- I could I could just right. never recommend Yogmoth or Amulet in like one week, right? Maybe if you had like two or three, if, and and you're willing to go hard, then maybe we're talking. But I don't know. I they I, I, they they sound like good decks to me, but uh, it seems too soon, right? Which is why I kind of defaulted to Tron because that's. I think it makes sense in what with what I expect to, ha- to happen with the field, but and it's like easier to pick up in a week. Mm. That's also a trick. Like that's also a tricky part because if you are able to play those decks, so there's one thing. Like it's almost impossible for Jamoth or Amulet Titan to be like a twenty percent or whatever. Yes, because they are too hard, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of players will not play. It's impossible for those decks to be like super played, it's particularly Amulet, which is like not easy to pick up and play in the, you know out of the blue and i think that's appealing for those who are actually 
able to play these decks because you're playing a deck that's good good or good enough to be like among the best decks in the format but also it's a deck that like if i'm playing i don't know let's say i'm playing hammer or mortet or whatever or even rhinos i cannot devote a lot of cyber space against those decks i can put right. like a slaughter too but i cannot have like yeah i'm gonna have six cards against amulet or six cards against Yamov. i cannot but I can be like, hmm. I can be like, I'm gonna have five cards or six cards against Cascade, right? Because they they can easily be the most played decks, especially if you combine both, Living End and Crushing Footfalls. I think it could easily be the most played deck if you combine both in the same archetype. But that's not gonna happen with Yalmoth or Titan, I think. I um, guess that's yeah, that's kind of true in principle, but it depends on what overlap there is. Like, I think your the hate against Yorkmoth needs to be more specific than the kind against Amulet, probably. But I'm not that sure about that. Like, you can like this. This matters when the hate that you have has to be hard targeted, right? But it matters less if like broad hate can also catch you. So if, say, Blood Moon is just kind of good in general, that hurts Amulet regardless of whether they're particularly targeting Amulet because of the representation it can possibly have, right? Whereas, I think with Yorgmoth you have to be more specific. Like you have to play stuff like Curse Totem that just kind of sucks elsewhere whereas if against amulet i can just play like whatever force of vigor or blood moon and those cards are like pretty good in other matchups as well that you could expect to see um hmm. it's i'm not sure like so my experience is amulet is actually very resilient against the global hate blood moon is like hate for amulet and yeah i mean this because we know blood moon is not as good against Tron. Yes. Right? Like, if you're going to be Tron, you have to play the char- the dragon, Trample, for example. Yeah. 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 Or even a Pine Moon, you know, at the very least. Mm-hmm. And those cards are not very good against Amulet. I example. agree with that. They're yeah. good. They're good, but they're not great. Like, Force of Igor is also pretty good against Amulet, but not, like, game over or whatever. Like, Lights Out, Blood Moon often... Blood Moon is the card that's just great against Amulet, but it's just, like... You can just play one or two or whatever, but you cannot have too many. Yeah. Like, I think the cards, like Force of Igor you mentioned or whatever, they're not as good against Amulet as Cursed Totem is against Yawgmoth. But I think uh, it's only Cursed Totem against... Like, what else am I going to play against Yawgmoth that is, like, really, really good? I am not sure, actually. But I think even cards like Stone Scalding or whatever go a long way. You yeah, know? If, if, that like, go, if, if those cards are good, then, like, yeah, that that, that hurts a lot. Like, one mana counter Yawgmoth or Grist is, like... It's brutal, yeah. Uh, like, Stone Scalding is awesome <laughs> against, against them, but... Like, to yeah. me, it seems more... It seems harder to play the cards that are good against Yorgmoth than it is to play the cards that are good against Amulet, I think. Um, yes, like, but... I think, the, I think so the cards are better at... against Yorgmoth, but I think it's, like... I think they're narrower because of how they go against the rest of the field. Yeah, but you're also more, like... You're more incentivized to play cards against Yorgmoth because Yorgmoth is a deck that's traditionally more represented. Even if it's not, like, a lot... A lot large, it's never, like, a 25%. Mm-hmm. But it's easily going to be like a 10% or so. Like, I think it was the third most played deck or fourth most played deck in the last qualifier. It was in Italy or Sofia, I don't remember. I think it was like, it was like a four, three or four, right? So it's, Amulet is never as much as played. Like, it's okay. never. Yeah, I'm kind of assuming that, numbers. I'm kind of assuming that they can be similar numbers, but if that's not the case, then it changes things again. But I'm, No, yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's not. So if you are one of those chosen ones that actually can play Amulet, that would be what I recommend. If, as most people, you cannot play Amulet, I will probably, maybe, just go for, like, the fair deck that you play the best. Or the deck that you play the best, period. Like, if you're a Hammer expert, I, I would just go Hammer, you know? 
if you're used to play Tron, I will play Tron, and so goes on. Even a deck like Hardened Scales, which was there to be the scam or whatever, if you're actually very good with it, I think that's probably good enough. Also, Mortide, even Burn or whatever, you know? Like, I think if you have a note, like, because we don't really know how the medic yeah. is going to shape. So knowing your deck a lot is going to be important. If you do not have, like, any deck because you don't play much modern and you play a tournament this weekend, then maybe I will just go, like, you know, one-time amulet and try to learn as fast as possible. But if you know one deck a lot, I will just play it. Yeah, I think that's less about how valuable metagaming is and more about how possible. Like, we just actually just don't know, right? So if you don't know, you might as well just play the deck that you know best because, I mean, that's the metric you can actually control. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's. It's. I think it's important to frame it that way. Um. The other thing that I wanted to, uh, specify the framing about. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say whether you are someone who can play amulet, but whether you are someone who can play amulet right now. So if you have a longer time frame to care about these things, uh, you can start learning now. Right. Like, <laughs> it's uh, like I think amulet is not the kind of deck that is so hard that. Yeah, you know, I think anybody could learn to do it if if they tried. So I just wanted to clarify that we meant that uh, we were talking about people that uh could play Amulet this weekend as opposed to yeah yeah I mean for the weekend I mean like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is gonna go this is gonna go out like Wednesday right yeah Probably. yeah I just yeah so I just, it's gonna be like two days if you can play Amulet in two days that means one you're I don't know Nathan Stoyer or you have played the deck before. Yeah, right, that's that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to make it clear that you don't have to be a giga brain to play Amulet in general, just to play it very quickly. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I don't think that deck is. I said before, like I don't think that deck is particularly hard. Just like, weird. If you play one hundred games, yeah, I think the deck is actually kind of easy-ish because the games are similar to each other. But you just yeah. need to be very aware of the different mechanics and well, yeah, you can also like read the, things, the, you know? the yeah, you can yeah. also read the Dom Harvey's the, article. Dom Harvey's Dom Harvey's bible more like an article because you know yeah it's also a good one <laughs> that probably goes a long I'm way i'm pretty though. sure he 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 figured out a perfect uh a perfect guide and then he added an extra page you know that's uh <laughs> yeah that's dom harvey energy yeah, yeah. go read that if you if you um, have amulet uh in your yeah you can use it foreseeable but not immediate friend. future or yogmoth yeah. i think there's probably there's probably good content for yogmoth as well um i'm sure zerk um does good stuff with that, doesn't he? Yeah, there's probably I just nothing comes to mind right now. But yeah, I mean, I've, I'm pretty sure I've consumed some content of the, the deck as well. But the, I mean, yeah. Um, what are the predictions? Hmm? What are your predictions? Metagame predictions for the weekend? Oh, I think that's also an interesting. I don't question. know. I, I I actually don't know how quickly people can react. Like we understand there's um, there's always some inertia uh, with regard to. You know, just the paper logistics. Like people have to get cards, and then they also have to like learn new deck. They have to like make decisions, right? They have to get the cards. They have to learn to play the decks. Like this, so there is some level of inertia with paper play, um, especially with modern because the scale is so much larger. Like it might not be so difficult for standard, and maybe not so much for pioneer, but for modern it can be a bit tricky. So I don't know. It feels like the question would be ultimately like predict trying to predict the metagame would ultimately be more a question of logistics than about what we think is actually good or how people would want to react immediately. Well, you can factor all of this. You can factor all of this, right? Like, you just, so you just want a prediction. Uh, actual, you just want the uh, prediction uh, itself and not... Like, you're not yeah, really asking... Yeah, the result. Okay. Um, the details. I mean, yeah. 
because that's something people also like if we have listeners that are going to play the tournament they will find useful to to know what would you expect to find all right well the big thing is well all right so if we want to figure that out what do you think the black well i think it's about what the black red players are going to do right because they represented a very large portion of the field now they can't play that deck what are they going to do instead that has to be like that is the biggest factor in terms of determining uh what the field absolutely yes yeah. What do I think they would do? I don't know. Maybe they go play Merktide. That's also like a fair mid-range deck. That I think it's functionally the closest, right? It's not that many equivalents to Black Red. It's the closest functionally, but it's also like there's a large power gap. Like yeah, I will sure. expect a lot of the scam players, which are like the best deck players, that you will just fall to footfalls. I will expect. Actually. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I will expect footfalls. My prediction is footfalls is gonna be the most played deck. Wow, I could that's, see that. That's, that, that's what I will expect, just because you but know you, we come from a meta game where it's a very good deck. It's also the power level got pretty high with Tishana's Marfolk, Stifle oh, Marfolk, or yes. whatever. Like the deck but, is definitely like good enough. I'm not a big fan, but I think it could be the. best But you deck. think it's perceived as the best deck? I think it's perceived as, as the second most, the second most powerful deck before Scam. Wow. Yeah, that that that's. Okay. I mean, before bands, I will expect people to be like, "Yeah, Scam is the best deck," and then Rhinos. But that was because of Black Red, right? Well, initially, yeah. Like, I think Rhinos got played because it was good against Black Red. But I think the Tishana card actually made it so, like, every single bad matchup became better. And that's, and that's mm. you know, something very good for a deck like this. Where a deck like Living End yeah. or Tron, you know, goes from very bad to just bad or whatever. Like, now you can actually just beat them sometimes. That's a big, yeah. big swing. You know, because it's like they have to also play more awkwardly in a way where you know you have more age. I don't know. Just playing turn against Rhinos feels like a whole different thing now. Yeah, it's way more. It's way harder now for sure. <laughs> yeah, but it's just yeah. like also the matchups. You know, like even yeah. matchups like yeah, coffers or whatever. You know, like like there's any the one ring deck gets worse against Rhinos. You know, mm-hmm. I think they, they get the deck just got better, particularly Living End because Rhinos used to be like a buy for Living End. Yep. Not anymore. I mean, it's still probably ahead, but now it's... Yeah. Yeah, have, like... It, you can do something. Whereas before, you seriously couldn't... Like, you could barely take game actions, like... Exactly. Like, it's not that easy to actually break through the Marfolk huh. if they have, like, fast Rhino start or whatever, you know? Okay. And Yeah, so... It's been doing very well in the local events as far as uh, I've seen on my social media, whatever. Like, I have a lot of friends that, you know, winning PTQs with Rhinos... I think Rhinos is perceived, yeah, as a good deck. That's that would be my bet. I will expect it to. It's also like easy to pick up, right? Like let's say you yes. play Scam for the full season, for the full season because it was the yeah. best deck, mm-hmm. and now they ban it. You are like, okay, I have only played Scam the whole season. Uh, what do I play? I have two days to learn a deck and get the cards. Well, the easiest, like the the best deck in terms of like correlation between power level and how easy it is to play that's right yeah. Rhinos is the best by a lot yeah <laughs> I, think like, I think it's like one of the best all time in that regard like not even yeah, just right absolutely. now just like all time ever exactly okay. yeah it's very easy and I'm, it's very good also so you know i think that's a reason for me to expect a lot of scam players especially those like more like you know uh, long time scam players like players that play the scam the whole season, I think those are somewhat likely to play right. Lifetime, so lifelong scammers, huh? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you played like Mortite for years and then moved to scam two weeks ago, well, it's easy. You can just switch back, you know? And same with mm-hmm. Jamoth or whatever, which I'm pretty sure there's people in, the, in this specific spot. But if you're playing a scam the whole season, 
it's actually like I will actually advise someone to do that, right? Like if you played only scam and you don't have not played any of the decks in the recent last year or whatever, two years, just move to Rhinos because even if it's hated out or whatever a little bit, the deck is just so resilient. And Tishana's Marfolk also makes it the deck much better against Shadows of the Void, explosives or whatever. Like mm-hmm. playing explosives against the new Rhinos decks, it's actually annoying because you cannot really play like in a way where you get the max value of the explosives because they have three mana up. You can just get destroyed by the Merfolk, right? It's quite it's quite so, often, right? Because they often like yeah. When you try to like d- double up, it's because you're trying to catch one that's coming off suspend, but then they're always untapped. So exactly. So it's yeah. just much like now you get sandwiched a lot. If you have like Merfolk and the suspend one, you never can kill the two. You know, with the same explosives, which makes explosives way worse because it was good for that spot. So yeah, I think the deck is good enough that I one will expect it to be in the most played deck, and two I will recommend it to you know someone on that specific spot uh i don't expect it to be the best deck in the weekend in terms of win rate because of what we said now and we have talked about this before like if amulet and hammer are like three percent you know are only played by experts well it's gonna have a better win rate right Naturally, like i expect yeah. I, I expect rhinos rhinos to have like a lot of players that actually never played rhinos before i expect that to sink the win rate quite a bit but that said i yeah, my impression is that it's probably the best deck in terms of like raw power level uh, day one. So that's what I will expect. Interesting. All right. Well, that's that's a good recommendation too. Then yeah, because I didn't really know what to recommend. Like, but that seems to me to have a lot more logic to it than uh, many other things. Like the fact that it's easy to pick up, I think, is particularly compelling to me. Yeah, <laughs> certainly. Um, all right, that's for the combinations of the week, and I think that's that's. If you have a PTQ, if you're playing the LMS this week, you know, uh, also PTQs Sakai, are not there. <laughs> Oh, they're not. Yeah, true. Um, well, that's it. And well, just another small thing before we move on. The showcase qualifier this weekend um, took place, and brrr, surprise, Scam won it. Bye bye, Scam. Though, all right, so we can blame that time. person yeah. then. All right. Yeah, Cicio Gide. We're going to officially blame you on this banning scam because congratulations, you won the modern show. Got qualifier. the last shot in. That's nice, though. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a quite, quite actually diverse topic. Like, it was like two footfalls, amulet, uh, scam, hammer, beanstalk, you know, classic modern where there's like 200 different sure. decks. But then it's like five more scams in the top 16. <laughs> but yeah, nothing special to say here. Not two scams actually on the topic, but yeah, like, sure. you know, the deck, the deck is... It's kind of funny because you wouldn't expect on... that to be, you know... <laughs> Like, yeah, it's not really when action is taken, but so it is. All right, um, let's move to Pioneer next, for example, mm-hmm. a little bit, shall we? Um, yes. well, Pioneer, uh, what do you think Pioneer is going for? Like, what's up with Pioneer, according to Anthony Lee? Uh, I, I guess the, ba- the big question on everybody's mind is how do we play Smuggler's Copter, right? Because you know, the I, I don't think Khan banning really changes very much in terms of what decks are good or not good so we don't have to worry too much about that i mean okay it changes a lot for people who wanted to play monogreen but like i don't think monogreen's position was such that it was warping anything so i guess every, yeah the big question is about how to play smuggler's copter um i don't know i think copter's kind of more demanding than a lot of people are assuming like i don't think you can just jam it into everything i think there are definite constraints on your deck that you have to meet like i think you have to have quite a lot of creatures ideally cheap ones you have to be fine with playing them a lot 
like playing like committing them each turn and you have to be interested in attacking and i think all of those things are not a given um especially because you want the uh, looting effect to be desirable in your deck otherwise you're just kind of playing a two mana three three fly with a bit of upside right and okay maybe that's like a little too dismissive of what it actually is but i mean it's not like a card that's going to transform the power level of your deck if you're not uh, particularly suited to using the looting ability well so i don't know that, that's like a lot of things that you have to use to get all of the you know all, all of the juice out of the fruit um yeah do you what, what what do you think i'm excited to see you know like i think the copter i think the three three mana three three four two mana flying doesn't die to maja removal and actually loots lands away that's actually enough in terms of power level for decks like, I don't know, Convoke, Mono White, or whatever. Like, I think even if you don't have, like, any synergies or anything, that's probably fine still, because those decks are notably bad at, you know, mana sinking, in a way. Like, Copter is a mana sink, mm -hmm. in that sense. And I think it's uh, one of the best mana sinks you can play in aggro, if not the best right now. So, I'm just excited to see what's up. Like, in, you know, I think there's ERC in, I don't know, two weeks, maybe? Yes, so not this weekend, but the weekend following is the US RC. And this weekend, there's the Pioneer Showcase. Uh, oh, I'm not qualified for it, cool. but it's you know Sunday 10th. It's Pioneer Showcase. So next okay. week we'll have this. This is the most important Pioneer online tournament, right? Of mm -hmm. the like of the year, or whatever the season. So we have this one, uh, 32, 36 players, all good players, and you know I'm kind of excited to see how many covers will be there and what people will do. Because it's, it's interesting, like as you said, Copter is not like you can just put Copter in every deck and wow, it's gonna be great because you need creatures and you need creatures to be able to crew the Copter and yeah, you know, it's also not that good of a blocker. It blocks fine, I guess, but it's not. Yeah, I'm not in the market for blocking. Block yeah. <laughs> I don't put cards in my yeah, deck. But, block. Yeah, <laughs> Ever. but like, like if you attack with with a harvester, you know, yeah. you don't want to block and trade. I mean, it's fine. It's good that the card can block, but you know, it's not particularly. But this is this card is good enough to trigger new archetypes or whatever, right? They're probably going to be creature based, but I could see sure. some decks that become much better for for this card, like from you know, whatever mono red or <laughs> it could be anything actually. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably it though, right? Like, I don't think the yeah, removal from mono green other than you know, poor Bobby is gonna miss a deck, but yeah, sorry, I think Bobby. it's not gonna, yeah, yeah, sorry, Bobby. <laughs> I think it's gonna be just about the same for most decks. Like, there were not that many decks that were preying on mono green, right? Yeah, there weren't really decks that preyed on mono green, also weren't decks where you were like, oh, I can't play this, I might get paired to mono green. But I mean, I guess it's a small bonus for the decks that were a little weak to mono green. Um, but what decks a little were bit, yeah. top tier and like particularly bad against mono green? I can't really think of any. Yeah, there's not too many of those. Yeah, exactly. Like, Marmy was just like a flip to most most black decks, right? Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's strange. Like, there was this. It's not very common to have a deck among the most played decks, and you're like, yeah, if we remove this deck, not too much changes. That's actually. Curious. Uh, that is very strange, yeah. yeah uh, it's like, what? Well, <laughs> yeah. I guess it's uh, a little good for Lotus. Like, I think Monogreen was a little bit good against Lotus. I'm not 
That, that that was apparently contentious, but I guess this is like a small bonus. A little, bit, yeah, but Lotus House is a deck that does not get a benefit of a more condensed metagame, right? Yeah. Because then there's more cards to more, be more played in against them. Yeah, exactly. So I think Lotus is probably not benefited of this uh, of this banning. Maybe it's good against the copter decks, but that's also not some not something I'm sure. We'll see. I yeah, guess. because we just right. have no idea what the copter decks are or like how. We don't know if that's a thing, right? Like, I don't know. I like I, uh, I think we should uh, tread carefully, right? <laughs> this would not be. I think it's it's just too embarrassing if everybody in the Magic community that plays Pioneer starts screaming about how broken Appraiser and Quintorius are, and then it flops, and then they unban Copter. If we start screaming about that and it turns out to not be very good, oh, I don't know. I think collectively we'll we'll be too embarrassed. So let's uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's tread carefully. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, they they banned the appraiser, so you know the community was right <sighs> oh, in a way, I mean, at okay. least. But yeah, I mean, let's let's not go overboard with the cop. It's probably a pun there. Don't let's not go overboard with it. Anyway, um, there's yeah, let's not go overboard with that, right? Like, let's we'll see if it works. And you know, I I think it is. It sounds like you might be a little bit higher on it than me. Like, I think it's probably good, but that we have quite a bit of work to do to figure out. If it is and how it is, or is I think maybe you think it's a little broader. I that's the vibe I'm getting. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's the task in front of us. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's um, you know, we'll see. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I mean, there's um, people. Let's move for the format. Yeah, let's yeah. move to for the formats. Let's move to the Anthony hunting round, shall we? Mm-hmm. Oh, standard. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's been pretty. It's been pretty interesting, actually. That one has. Actually, some organic changes that I definitely didn't expect. I think probably the big thing of the weekend is this DeLeon91 uh, guy who's uh, who placed first and second with Mono Red in the in the standard challenges, which is... I mean, it's already very hard to place first and second in back-to-back challenges in any format, right? It does happen a bit more in standard because you got Jabberwocky or Mogged or so on who are able to dominate them, but... Monored? This is not this is not the deck that <laughs> you would have foreseen coming out of nowhere and doing so well, right? Everybody kind well, of not only Monored, but yeah. also Monored no new cards. Uh wow, that's actually true, yes. Like we had seen a little bit of uh Mono Red in Pioneer pop up recently with uh, the new Red God or her Axonil. And I tried like it in standard and was reasonably impressed, but this is actually just you know, when I first saw Mono Red Aggro had won the challenge, I was like, oh, maybe this oh, her Axonil card is a big deal. And, well, it's not even in the deck. So, I guess nope, not. <laughs> not even in the sideboard. It's like a pseudo, pseudo cards from the new sets. It's like all Mono Red, you know, Squee, Felden, Phoenix Cheek. Notably, two Swiss Spears only. I will uh, assume because yeah. they get blocked very easily. I guess that makes sense. Hmm. And, like... And, yeah, I, I, it's, it's not even the way I expect. Like I expected, like for example, like if there ever was a mono red search, that it would be based on uh, a resurgence against domain. Like maybe if domain was a huge thing, then mono red would come in and sweep it up because you know that's a great matchup for mono red. I think, but uh, that that isn't what happened at all. If you look at at the at the top results, there's not really domain at the top, and there's a lot of uh, different decks. So it's mono red. Three mono red in one of the challenges also. Like it was yeah. not this only play. Like three top three in top eight. Like that's 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 so it's just a legitimately too. good deck. It seems. Um, yeah. At least it's certainly what the results would suggest, and <laughs> it's quite impressive. Uh, 
Yeah, do do we do we have any idea why this happened? Like anything more specific? I'm not sure. Like like I mean, on the surface level, these deep cavern bats should be actually very punishing for this deck, right? Like yeah, it's just a life linker that can get counter, can get counters from Rafine. I am not sure. Even There's... the schooner is like a very large blocker, right? Uh, I don't get it. There's definitely less um, Esper mid range than there was before, right? Like yeah, Esper well, was by far the biggest deck before, and that was always kind of the bad matchup for Mono Red. And I think the way that Esper mid range is likely to build to try to fight like similar decks makes it maybe worse against. Uh, Mono red because you want cards like destroy evil that are not great there. Hmm. That's probably true, actually. I mean, they're also playing more cards like Lord Skitter, which yeah. is definitely not at the best against less emperors. Yeah, that's probably it's probably more like that, right? Like we see some players, yeah, some some of these cards. We see mocked with three Lord Skitter, zero emperors, whatever. You know, like th- those cards are definitely way worse against mono red. That's probably the reason. Yeah, people say. have skewed against um, other mid-range decks and left the door open for mono red, I suppose. Because there are other Weird. aggressive decks that suddenly yeah. rocketed up, like we see like Gruul Aggro with Cacophony Scamp and Combat Tricks. Which is, this is this you know this Gruul Aggro deck by Tro uh, T Roger or Troger, I don't really know. Uh, fourth place in the standard challenge sixty four, and they are playing a deck that has huge infect vibes, uh, just trying to kill people with uh, Cacophony Scamp. Cards like Dreadmore's Ire, like, <laughs> um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, the, the angle, just, right? you, bl- you yeah. blink, you die. Yeah, but that's mm. yeah. This it's interesting. Like, there's so many decks going on here. It seems like standard is moving now more than it was before. Yeah, even though there's like less huge tournaments uh, and in many different directions. Like, like look at yep. all these different decks. <laughs> um, yeah, it's some this 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 Azorius yeah. artifacts deck by Bernas Torres is. Something else. Well, 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 this is wild. Like, I just see the deck <laughs> list, and the first card is Mark and Gnome. I have not played the limited format a lot, but it's like a one mana zero three. Like when he dies, you draw a card and gain one life. Yeah. For those who actually have not played limited, like, it's like a bunch of limited cards, just like artifacts, random artifacts. They're really good limited cards, though. <laughs> yeah, just They're artifacts from the new set, <laughs> and then there's the milestone and the weakstone. The Ursa one. Also, it could play the Ursa one that melts with the. Oh, it plays in the side. It does, it does, yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> finally! So, th- <laughs> finally, this deck gets to melt the Mystone and the Mixton and the Ursa. I've never seen a melting I mean, card. It's, the deck just plays a lot of shitty artifacts, right? And Ursa makes them cost less and it's 2 4, two, four for 3 mana. May as well just play it, you know? But I also assume, like, for example, sweet. your opponent just isn't going to have good answers to a post board. Like, you don't want Destroy Evil against a deck that is only artifacts and, like, no, like, big creatures. So you take out all the cards like that. You clearly don't want to go for the throat against the deck with thirty-three yeah. artifacts. So you, I guess you can always board in Urzavol Protector and put them in a tough spot. Like just gonna be, hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, seems like a good sideboard card. Uh, there's also braided net. net. There's a lot of strange cards I have not seen before in this deck. Well, you haven't been drafted much, this... have you? No, I have not. Okay, exactly. yeah. Well, you would know this and... if you play limited. You will see a lot of these. <laughs> Yeah, alright, I mean, you know, we can just put the link of the deck in the... They are powerful, though. Podcast. Like, cards... I love the cards, like, Thousand with Smithy. Like, that card seemed like it was maybe constructed playable, but I just had to find a home. Um, yeah. I didn't... I mean, I assumed that he would just use creatures. I didn't I didn't see using all these artifacts. Um, 
Well, we just leave the link here because if we go Mango style and read every single card, the podcast is going to be gone yeah. because we have to read every single card because I assume spring loaded Soblaze, if you have not limited, you have no idea what it does, right? So yeah, but I think here, in general, this uh, deck is wild. <laughs> my guess is that this deck is working on an angle where like Unstable Glyph Ridge might be the best sweeper if you build around it. And I think maybe sweepers are very well positioned right now. Like they tend to be very good against decks like Esper, um, which I think was the goal going in and is... I mean, if people are playing decks like Wanna Red, this kind of deck is probably good as well. I mean, you have Market Gnome in your deck. So yeah, this has to be good against Mar Red. Like, all this 2-4 pseudo... Yeah, yeah. This deck has to be good against Mar Red. So, wow. Yeah, that's good. Props to Bernas Torres. And there was another player who made back-to-back top 8s as well, Ariane. This is a player with a lot of results, right? They always do great in challenges, especially the standard ones, I think. And uh, they went. They made back-to-back top eights, including a win with Esper Midrange as well. So, I guess if you're looking for an Esper Midrange deck to play or to test against, then I guess theirs is going to be the gold standard, right? It's kind of what most people will do. And yeah, there's nothing too strange about this. It's just a well-constructed version of the deck. There's a Lauren of the Third Path, has you know, who has made their return, um, as they normally do when there's enough mirrors. Now it's even better because it's not only wedding announcement. And virtue, but also subterranean schooner uh, to go after, and Tishana's Tidebinder, which I'm told has been an overperformer uh, in standard, maybe not as much as in uh, modern. I wasn't very high on this card, but uh, apparently it's. Uh, I mean, it's very good against the schooner, I suppose, and perhaps some other card like like a, a later bat, maybe. Uh, I don't know what does it do. I, I, I on surface it doesn't feel to me like this card is gonna be particularly good in a standard. Like the fact that it doesn't cancel the wedding announcement type of card. Yeah, it's a little it's only artifact creature in Postwalker. Yeah, but I mean, it, I mean, yeah, it does have this counter one trigger. But uh, I think maybe the big thing about it is it's probably very good against Domain, which is otherwise a difficult matchup for Esper. I think. Oh, true. Because they even the yeah. cavern, the cavern on Angel, you still get to like uh, stifle the attractor trigger. You still have to kill the attractor, but. I mean, having to stifle the trigger and then kill this kill the body after it is a lot better than just seeing them resolve the tracks and just lose on the spot. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing it's mostly about domain and then it just being like fine in other matchups as well. Uh, hmm. What does what does? Yeah, I mean, doesn't seem great against the other decks to be honest. So it's like yeah, it seems like it could be a cyborg card, though. Yeah, right? like it doesn't seem to be enough uh, RAM to justify that. Yeah, scrolling down the depths because I can't imagine it's very good against soldiers, right? Yeah, there's quite a lot well, of soldiers too. Huh? I mean, you can stifle the Nidor and Wing. I wing. guess that's They're good. good enough. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, I guess. I guess this card. I mean, it, it's never going to be that dead, but you know, against Moderate or Mirror Match, I will say you can do better than most other three drops. Yeah, would have been yeah a lot happier. But I'm mean, also play like mocked also play too. Like some players played, but. I'm a skeptical of this card. Me so too. Far. But there we are. Um, Tishana's <laughs> we'll Tidebinder we'll conquering. And one more <laughs> deck that has popped up that didn't really exist before is the Return of Black Red, which doesn't have Fable, but there are some ramp type decks coming out again. Um, some of them are reanimating uh, Carnosaur, which makes sense, right? Like it's a very natural card to play alongside cards like the Cruelty of Gix. And others that are kind of just. They're just straight up like using big squad and just casting seven drops like Itali or other expensive spells like Virtual Persistence and Chandra. Which yeah, it's kind of interesting. I don't really know why this deck would be particularly good now, but it has started to 
see some play and put up some results. So uh, worth noting, I suppose. Um, I just see these decks and you feel like, wow, I just want to play Fable in this deck. Like, I mean, yeah, this these decks like were great with deck. Fable, but I always feel like they these decks they just look so clunky against any kind of interaction. Like Make Disappear is just absolutely savage against this deck, but maybe there's like much less of that now because of Cavern of Souls and Deep Cavern Bat, especially Deep Cavern Bat has made Make, make Disappear quite a bit worse in general. So like maybe yeah. declining counter spells makes this kind of deck better. But this deck already existed. Like this mana red control, splashing shield red with the eight field of ruins, seven field of ruins. They, I, I'm pretty sure I have played against this in arena a lot. Oh yeah, before, but so, like just kind of yeah, disappeared, yeah. and for some reason it's returned. Disappeared. Um, I mean, the sweepers being better. Like now the metagame is half like aggro decks playing four Brotherhood and four Burn the House. That's the payoff, right? Yeah, but because it feels... you actually punish them, right? By you know if you're playing soldiers and you have eight sweepers main deck. Well, you know, things are good for you on that regard. So I will expect this to be the reason. Yeah. Uh, like all the aggro. This is eight sweepers. Like if you're playing soldiers against this deck, how are they going to win? Probably rough, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's possible for them because the rest of your deck is like extremely expensive, which is also good for soldiers. Like, hmm. Yeah, but you just die. Like, you just lose your creatures. Like, it's yeah. six, it's eight sweepers, and the other cards are like Chandra. And go for the throat and shield or sick. Like it's very easy for these to actually kill the creatures you can present. Yeah, and I guess if you shove any of these you win, probably. Yeah, okay. like I think Esper is the same, you know. Like if you go yeah. like deep cover bad into Skitter and they just play a sweeper, you know, that that's it's, two for one. And yeah. you you cannot yeah. And also the feel of ruins is pretty good against Esper as well. I would say yes. this deck has like some action against specifically creature Esper. Not yeah. too much else. Like if you play against like a ramp deck, you probably don't lose every single game against ramp. Presumably, uh, but it's probably good against other yeah, mid range. Like, yeah, I could see this being like I think this this must be exploiting like not much domain, I suppose, which is kind of funny that it's kind of at the diametric opposite of what I expected for mono red. Yeah, but yeah, both of well, this. <laughs> yeah, I think this deck is just built. I think the first versions were actually built to try to beat Esper Legends back in the day. If yes, I remember correctly, that, that is that is true. Yes, yes. And this is the same deck. Yeah, this is the anti Esper Legends deck. So. As long as decks share weaknesses, this deck might be playable. Obviously, it's not like very good or anything, but it's... Yeah, it's, the field is probably a bit too broad at this point, though, right? Like, I don't think you can yep. go all in on hating out a specific deck when there's this many different decks. So, I guess I would caution anyone against doing that if you have standard events coming up, which... But I what about the fun, though? This looks very fun, Anthony. What? This looks very fun. Kill your opponent's lands and then kill all the creatures. That's fun. Oh, sure. I think there's a lot of commander players who would disagree with you. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, if you like prison decks and, you know, having your opponents without any lands left and no creatures, no permanents, that's your deck. Yeah, actually, it's that's not just a commander plays. I think uh, that doesn't sound fun to me at all. Ay, ay, All right. I think that's all for standard, right? Uh, yes, I think so. Yep. Uh, one more thing. This weekend, we also had the other showcase, mm-hmm. the Legacy one. Yep. Um... A lot of names, as usually, uh, was won by Doomsday, which is the type of deck that's never very played. It's not very good, yet it still wins tournaments, like a lot of them, compared to how many people, you know, play the deck. Which kind of weird that I you guess say it's, it's not, not very good if it's, from, yeah. if it's always overrepresented in winners' circles. Well, like, because I think it... I think the win rate I think the win rate is very good of the deck because it's hard enough it's similar to the amulet but more extreme like the deck is hard enough that it's never very played uh, but if you're playing against a player that plays it it's very very good like, i lose to them a lot with all the decks but okay, there's never enough in the metagame to that yeah 
with four layers of sanctity um, in the cyborg, which, well, probably, I mean, at least he played the finals against Canister and Reanimator, and I'm pretty sure, like, against all the Reanimator decks, that, that was very good. You know, nothing too new going on Legacy. I guess there's four, uh, three Beanstalk control in the top eight. Uh, well, now we know Beanstalk is going to be a Legacy card, along with Udo. <laughs> Okay. But ultimate, ultimately, it looks like Beanstalk just, you know, this like ring or Abda Beanstalk thing that we also went through in Modern, where it felt like Abda Beanstalk was better. Mm -hmm. It seems to be the same in Legacy, which makes sense, right? Because of Source of Will. Yeah, I mean, cheaper spells. With, uh, yeah, I mean, Legacy always skews heavily uh, towards that, right? Makes a lot of sense. Force days. Yeah, exactly. All these things. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so we, you know... That that that's actually it. and for legacy, uh, you know, it's it's um, it's really quite a weekend, and I'm looking forward for next weekend. You know, yeah, I'm a little bit too. nervous about you know the the coverage, but I think it's gonna be fun. I'm actually excited. We'll be fine. I'm very excited for that. You'll do yeah, well. You... I think. I mean, I'll try. I'm definitely I'm, I'm at least practicing in the podcast, you know, to actually talk about magic. So it's gonna be the same, but with live games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a different skill, but. <laughs> uh, I think well, you'll do well, very you know well, what it is. Way. Like in the Super League, we also did that too, because mm -hmm. we were like half playing, half commenting the games. So it's actually more similar to that in a sense, where you know it's two person commenting the coverage of the Super League. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, I don't know if there's anything else that's on the book for us today, Anthony. Uh, not that I can think of. Uh, am I missing something? All right, I think we. Good no, then. do we have any so new patrons? Uh, we actually do. Aha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, gotcha. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to shout out uh, Rage Sale. I'm, I'm the one watching the name, sorry. Uh, well, thanks for the new pattern, Rage Sale. And also, we have uh, Frederick H. That hey. was. Uh... Yay. Well, no, no. And also, you are UMR covered man. That's a lot of patrons this week, actually. Nice. So, well, good thing we didn't yeah. forget them, Javier. Well, that's why I asked you, you know. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's it for today. Uh, well, looking for we're looking forward to have the next episode with Mango teaching all, all about pizza, and we'll see what happens with um, you know Copter and all the modern and um, also there's the modern showcase. No, 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 no. It's sorry, Pioneer and it's modern actually, right? It's all no, sensory to it's, me. I have no idea. I'll, no, I'll it's find a stand out. standard. Standard, yeah. Standard, Standard okay. and Pioneer. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, Modern, Modern was already those weekend, yeah. Well, we'll see what happened with Pi Pioneer with Copter. And I think that's it. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. And, we'll, you know, we have more Carlings next week. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Bye-bye.